You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today, and I am going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell you where you can find her online. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. My name is Theodora Pendragon, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in Texas, and I'm the author of Taking the Flight Out of the Broom Closet. That is such a great name for a book. (laughs) When you first told me that, I was like, that sounds like something I would pull off the shelf just from title alone. Yeah, I've been told, wow, that's a cool title. (laughs) So for those who are not familiar, what is the book about? What can people expect? The book is about coming out of the broom closet, very much like um, the gay population when they talk about coming out of the rainbow closet. And the reason I came up with this is because I'm in several uh, witch groups on social media and quite often the topic of, well, I can't tell my parents and I can't tell my husband. And what if my boyfriend finds out? What if my neighbors know? It's all about, I have to stay in the broom closet. And then I went to, it was in bulk 2020. And when I went to the ritual, the high priestess announced, please don't take any pictures because not everybody's out of the broom closet. And I thought, well, this broom closet again, we have issues with the broom closet. Why can't we be out of the broom closet? Now I have been in and out of the broom closet myself. Uh, Professionally, I can't always be out because I'm in Texas in the Bible belt. Mm. And we have nothing about nothing against Christians. I used to be a Christian uh, when I was a child, but we have more churches here than gas stations. And everybody wants to know which church you go to. And I tell them I don't go to church. And I have to explain that I'm a witch, I'm a pagan, and I get a variety of responses. <laughs> so I decided, you know, we need a book. We need to help people come out of the broom closet. Not it, not that it's the right choice for everyone. But I think it will help those if they're having difficulty and they want to come out. I think that is a great book to write, especially coming from your perspective, because I have heard feedback from listeners that living in the Bible Belt has made it incredibly difficult for them to come out of the broom closet. Yes. I'm a therapist in private practice, and quite often I get uh, therapy shoppers looking for a therapist, and they will ask me if I'm a Christian counselor. And I simply explain to them that I see people of all faiths or no faith because I don't discriminate. And if they're adamant about a good fit with a Christian counselor, I refer them to one of my colleagues. And those colleagues are the ones who call themselves a Christian counselor on their website and their business card. But they also, when they advertise themselves as such. They also turn people away who don't want a Christian counselor, and then they find me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had anyone ask you that question and then say that it is because they are looking for someone that is not Christian and are looking for somebody that is pagan? They don't say they're looking for someone who's pagan. They say, oh, good. I want someone who won't judge me because of, and quite often it turns out that it's because they're gay and then I can help them come out of, come out of their rainbow closet. 
It's really interesting to get the perspective of somebody who is licensed in this area because I've talked about this topic before and tips and tricks for coming out of the broom closet, but obviously I am not licensed in that area. And I also did not get any sort of like pushback or anything from my family and friends. So, um, it is nice to have a different perspective on here for people who already know that they are going to struggle with their loved ones. How about professionally? Did you have any difficulty, uh, professionally coming out or are you out? Uh, I am. I am an attorney and I have not had any pushback from that. And I think that somehow goes along with my personality is that I'm a little bit forceful and a little bit um, take it or leave it. So I have not had any issues with that. But for most people, um, I work in commercial real estate. And so most people don't ask or care um, what I am doing. As long as I get their business deal to go through, they're happy. And I have had no pushback from coworkers or anything. They, they think it's great. They're like, oh, are you, you know, cleansing our office? Are you doing spells so we have more money? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. They're very accepting. <laughs> they are. They really are. It's great. <laughs> Well, as a licensed professional counselor in private practice, I'm also a child custody evaluator. So I have to occasionally testify as an expert witness. And I feel that if if they knew uh, that I was a witch, that they probably would beat me up on the witness stand. <laughs> I, I don't know. Absolutely. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with you. I could absolutely see how that would be the case, especially in your area where it, people are not as accepting that they would definitely use that to discredit you in, in some way, even though everyone who's listening to this podcast is like, why, what, what would that have to do with your professional opinion that you went to all of this schooling for? Like, how could that possibly affect it? But they, I absolutely could see how another attorney would use that against you. I do wear uh, my pentagram uh, pendant necklace all the time and people will look or they'll say, oh, I love your necklace. And usually that's a sign that they kind of have a clue. <laughs> uh, other times they'll just stare like they're trying to figure it out uh, and they're afraid to ask. <laughs> I could see how that would happen. So for somebody who, well, I guess before I even ask that question, what would be the first step? How could somebody decide whether they want to come out of the broom closet or whether they just want to stay in forever? That's a personal choice. And in the book, I go into that. I go into how to communicate with those when they want to come out of the closet. And if they get pushback, if they get resistance, I talk about the techniques, setting boundaries, uh, communicating. And also, many times we're afraid of what other people think, and we have to stop doing that. I believe that. Absolutely. We <laughs> yeah, we are, we are not them and they are not us. And to live off our authentic lives, we have to stop worrying about, you know, what other people think. It doesn't matter what it is. If I wear green shoes, you know, it shouldn't be anybody's business and I shouldn't care, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So for somebody who is just, you know, breaching this topic, are there any sort of ways that they can test the waters with their friends and family without outright admitting that they are a witch. Are there some like baby steps that I know it is common um, for the gay community to test the waters by saying something 
you know, alluding to a movie that features a gay couple and sort of talking about that and seeing the reaction that they have to some, that their friends and family have to somebody who's not them. Is there a similar thing that people can do to coming out of the broom closet? First, we have to be aware of who we're talking to. How, you know, we know our family better than anybody. We know our friends better than anybody. How, how are they going to react? Are they going to react or are they going to respond? And it's very individual. It's very different. But the first step is we do have to find our community because that's where we get our strength. We get our community from online presence, our neighbors, get involved with the witch community and grow your community so that you have friends to fall back on. Make your new family just in case your family can't accept it because there are people whose families turn their backs on them. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I have heard quite a few stories like that. Uh, do you have any recommendations for people who go through that and they do get the pushback and they feel sort of abandoned? What's kind of the next step then? I do have a whole chapter on that and that's called They May Leave. And I talk about grief and loss. We go through stages of grief, not only when someone dies or our, our pet dies, but we go through grief and loss when somebody leaves us. And our bodies don't know if that person is dead or gone, just out of our lives. But we go through the same stages. And I go into that in the book and how to cope with that. Yeah, I have had that experience as well that, you know, I realized that it, it sort of feels the same when somebody leaves your life, it feels the same as a death. So I can understand that. Yeah, you probably can't tell. <laughs> In your opinion, switching topics like a little bit from coming out of the broom closet, do paganism, witchcraft go hand in hand with therapy? So I know that you are not on the Discord server, but I have one for this podcast. And the topic that came up recently was the idea of like how we use witchcraft and spell work to help ourselves and have our mental health. And that some people think that therapy is not part of that. I personally believe that they are all together and that you need therapy. So I would love to get your opinion on that, of how they work together. You mean me as a therapist or for my patients? Uh, either one, but I mean, definitely from you as a therapist, because that is your unique perspective that we don't get that often. I have to go on my intuition. So as far as a patient, sometimes I can feel them out if they're open to suggestions. When I talk about spirituality, um, like for example, with grief and death, some people come to me because they lost their spouse or their pet or another family member. And I talk about spirituality. Well, what do you think, you know, do you think there is something after we pass away? And that opens up a whole flood of ideas and beliefs and feelings. And it's usually very interesting. So then I talk a little bit about my spirituality and what I think and what I've experienced. So spirituality comes up a lot. And there was another time I had a patient who was looking for a job. She says, I want this job so bad. I want it so bad. And I said, well, uh, I have an idea. Have you ever heard of candle magic? And she says, no, I don't know what that is. So I told her to go out and get a green candle 
And I told her how to light it and how to put out the intentions and to feel that she already got the job and she got the job. And every once in a while, she'll say, I always remember candle magic. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That's such a positive outcome from that. She eventually did ask me if I was a witch. And I said, yes, I am. She goes, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so it is something there. There are certain patients that you do admit that to and talk about that with. Oh, yeah. If they come right out and ask me, uh, so what are your beliefs? Or are you a Christian? Uh, what do you believe? I'll, I'll come right out and tell them. I've only had one patient who never came back again. She said, oh, don't you worship Satan? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. That's a tough misconception to get over. Those it is. People kind of already have their preconceived notions when they say something like that, and you're really not going to change their mind, I have found. But you know, that's all in our history. And I do have a, a a chapter on the history and I call it elimination of witches. And I talk about how this whole Satan concept came up to scare the people into converting to Christianity. So there's a reason for that it's indoctrination and it's continued for hundreds of years. It really has. Yeah. I'm familiar with that history as well. And it has absolutely stood the test of time. I can't believe that has still, it's still around <laughs> all these years later. And I think that's probably contributing to the fact of why people would rather sometimes stay in the broom closet, because that's the first thing that a lot of people are going to ask them and they just don't even want to deal with it. I can understand that. And we have to explain and explain and explain. Just recently, my husband went to visit his sister in Connecticut and he mentioned something about me being Wiccan. And she said, oh, what happened in her life that she has to turn to Satan? So he had to educate her and say, well, you know, that's not exactly what it is. Oh boy. Yeah, that's really hard. This is a woman who's known me for over 30 years. Wow. Yeah. You'd think somebody that long would know you a little better than that. You know, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people face this and we just have to educate them. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I try to do <laughs> with this podcast, but I do get, you know, emails and messages and I can sort of tell the difference between at this point, uh, people who are genuinely curious and can learn and people who are just saying those things and have no interest in the actual history or learning. They just want to spout their opinion. I just, I don't even respond to those. It's not worth it. Sometimes you can't reason with people. Right. Now in my book, I interviewed, well, I interviewed over a hundred witches and wow. I chose 38 and I feature them in my book and they each have their story about their journey coming out of the closet or staying in the closet and why. And I we're such a diverse group. I believe that the reader or the audience can listen and, or you know, if they're reading the book, they, it'll resonate with them. Every story is so unique. And some of these witches are all over the world. I didn't just interview people in my area. That's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of people to have interviewed. It, it was a lot of work because we did it all through Zoom. And then after that, I had to transcribe everything. Wow. Yeah. It took some time, but it was fun. And I met some cool people, some really neat people. That's really great to have all of those different perspectives in there. 
because that's a lot of, you know, different information. So I, I assume that a lot of the readers are going to find somebody in there that they resonate with and find some similarities with their story. Yes, I believe so. I love that. What is sort of your story then of coming into witchcraft and paganism? How did that happen for you since you have been practicing for so long? I start, well, there were mixed messages in my home because my father was Lutheran and my mother was Catholic. So there was always this debate of which religion was better. Well, the kids are going to be Catholic. No, the kids are going to be a Lutheran. Well, I ended up being baptized as a Lutheran and as a Catholic when I was an infant because okay. two sides of the family are saying that one religion is better than the other. When I was about 13 or 14, I started asking questions. This doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. And the answers that I got was like, nah, it still doesn't make sense. And then I gravitated towards astrology and I started reading astrology books. And then from there, um, I remember my grandmother had some books on witchcraft and they were old books. And I went through them and she said, oh, you can have those. You can read through them. And the I can't remember the title, but it was from Sybil Leak. So that was one of my first books. And I became very interested. And I just started, hey, this is this is me. This is what resonates with me, not not those churches. And did you get pushback then from your parents who were debating only those two as options? I think they separated the religion from the whole um, astrology. And I, I read about tarot cards. Now, my grandmother, I have a German grandmother, and I called her Oma, and my Oma had a neighbor who read tarot cards, and my mother went to her all the time for readings, and I wanted to get a reading. She says, no, it's for adults. When you're an adult, then you can go for a reading, which I did, and she was a fabulous uh, tarot reader, and everything she told me came true, but they didn't have a problem with that. They would have a problem if I said, oh, I decided I'm not going to be Catholic anymore. I'm not going to be Lutheran, but I was brought up mainly Catholic because my father really didn't go to church. So. Oh, okay. So when I was in the army, I had a roommate and she told me straight out, I got to tell you I'm Wiccan and I just want you to know. I said, well, what's that? So she explained it to me. I said, I should be a Wiccan. I didn't know there was a name for it. I have found that happening so often that people sort of believe certain things or do certain things. And then they find out that, you know, Wiccan or witchcraft is, is real. And they're like, Oh, I could finally put a title to everything I've already been doing and believing. And there's another person who thinks just like me. Yeah, it's amazing to be able to find that kind of community. Because uh, it, it, it can feel very isolating at the beginning when you're in that space and in that broom closet. Absolutely. I don't even know if I thought it was a, thought of it as a broom closet. I just knew that people went to church and they believed in something different. And it's like, no, nah, that doesn't resonate with me. But I felt comfort when my roommate told me she was Wiccan and she taught me all about it. And she was brought up as a Wiccan. So she oh. talked about her parents. I thought, wow, <laughs> she's got some cool parents. <laughs> that is That explains why she was so comfortable telling you right away. You know, right. She, already raised in that belief and didn't really have any sort of limitations holding her back. And that was before the Wiccan religion was recognized as a a religion and before the military accepted it as a religion. Wow, so she's so, a pioneer. 
Right. So um, she couldn't even put Wicca on her dog tags. Oh. It was other. Right. It was other. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And that's an option now? It is. Uh-huh. It has been for a while. Oh, good. I I honestly, I, I never knew that. That did not even occur to me. I didn't know that you put your religion on your tags. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is, you know, a storied history then. Um, but I I love that you were able to come to that and and have somebody that could open sort of that door for you. Uh, do you have any ideas for people who might be looking for somebody like that or having a door open for them? Are there any sort of resources um, that you can recommend that not everybody's going to have a you know, roommate in the army who can teach them everything. With social media, we can make a connection to other people. If you go into just Facebook, you can find a group near you. Start there. Do you have a group or are you just solitary in practicing and your spirituality? I'm solitary, but I have groups that I, I meet up with and we get together for Sabbaths and we get together for like Pagan Pride Day. And Austin has their annual Witch Fest in March. So many of us are going up for that. Ooh, so, Witch Fest sounds fun. Yeah, Austin Witch Fest. What does that involve? They have quite a few vendors. They have food trucks. They have musicians. They have... Uh, they have dancers. The first one was in 2020 and I found out about it through Facebook. And this, this is kind of interesting because they had thrown together this event within four months. They had so many vendors, they had to turn them away and they had a few bands there. And the author, um, Matt Aaron of Psychic Witch was there. Yeah, he was there. I met him. He gave a wonderful speech. On this Facebook group, somebody announced that there were protesters putting flyers on the vehicles around the venue. There were neighborhoods near where the venue was going to, where the Witch Fest was going to take place. And it was a little pink flyer, and it said, prayer call to all Christians against austin witch fest and then on the back of the flyer it had a prayer for wickedness so everybody was pretty concerned about that that who are there and how many will there be what are they going to do and it it made a lot of people nervous now i went to witch fest and i kind of forgot about the protesters until i actually left the event and then i remembered So I went back and I talked to the police officer who was directing traffic. He said, yeah, I saw the protesters. There were five. I told them to go (laughs) home and mind their own business. And they left. And I said, five? All this time we were worried about five protesters? Oh, that that was really great of him. Go home and mind your own business. But he laughed too, because I remember he was so friendly when we were all coming out of uh, the parking lot. And he was directing the traffic. He was very friendly. And then on the way back, I just thought, oh, I'm going to ask this cop. He was really friendly. And yeah, he got a chuckle out of it. So he must have been witch friendly, right? (laughs) 
Oh, wow. I, I wish I could say that I was surprised that those flyers came out, but I'm really, I'm not. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're still in that space. I think especially where you are um, still in that space of people not understanding or willing to be accepting. The cool part about it is that there were over 3000 tickets sold to Witch Fest. Oh, that's amazing. It is. Yeah. So there is a big group. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Nice to hear. Cause I know when people aren't able to go to big events like that, they feel like maybe they're the only one, they're the only one in, in their town in, you know, their city and they're not going to find anybody, but that suggests that there are a lot more of us out there. And we're all, we're all so different too. all ages. Uh, it was, it was neat. It was really neat to see all those witches. That's a lot of fun. It is. So how could somebody, if, <laughs> what kind of questions would they ask? If somebody was going into therapy for the first time and looking for somebody, a professional to work with and wanted somebody who is pagan friendly, maybe they are not out of the broom closet yet. They're not comfortable saying that over the phone. How do they find somebody, um, a professional to work with? What kind of questions would they ask to find somebody who's compatible? What kind of questions would they ask the therapist to find out if the therapist was pagan friendly or witch friendly? Yes. Yes. Maybe like the people who call me and ask if I'm a Christian counselor, maybe that's not what you want. I don't know. Um, I do have a friend who considers herself a Christian counselor, and she recently told me that she has a new patient who is Wiccan. And she said, I'm so excited that I know a little bit about Wicca because I know you and I can relate to this patient. Maybe just come right out and say, hey, look, I practice alternative spirituality, and I'd like to include that in my therapy. Are you open to that? Good idea. It's good to be straightforward. I mean, you're non-judgmental. So that's, it's nice. What does your day sort of entail? I know that everyone is different and your days are going to look different, but as far as it comes related to your practice and your spirituality, are there any things that you do sort of regularly, um, to connect with your spirituality, to connect with your practice? I don't do a ritual every day. Um, I would like to, I think that would be something I would do when I'm retired. I wish I had more time for that because I am a busy person. Uh, not only am I a therapist, but I'm also a real estate agent. So I keep pretty busy. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that I do a ritual on the new moon and the full moon every month. And I do get together with my friends for the Sabbaths. So that's my connection. I don't that want to miss out on those. That sounds nice. Do you have anything that you do sort of related to your practice or your office? Do you do your own money candle magic? Or do you do any sort of cleansing before or after um, your patients come in? Oh, sometimes I have to cleanse my office. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know, I feel I can I can feel uh, negative energy, especially when I'm working with narcissists. I can feel it in. I can feel it in my gut. 
I can feel sure. it immediately. So I feel like I'm very intuitive when it comes to working with certain people that maybe I don't work well with, uh, maybe toxic people. I can help toxic people, but when somebody is somehow I'm very sensitive to narcissists and I don't like working with them and I can feel it right away because I don't want to work with someone I can't help or don't want to help. Yeah, that makes sense. It works both ways and they wouldn't want to, you know, waste your time, waste their time. You know, nobody's getting anything out of that scenario. So yeah, I have to do a cleansing. <laughs> makes sense. Well, before we wrap up here, I would love to ask if you have any advice other than what you've already mentioned um, that you would like to give to the audience who are looking to either begin or grow their practice in spirituality this year. I would say build your witch community. We grow through our community. We grow through being involved with other people who are like-minded. I think that's very important. I think that's great advice, especially, you know, we're not alone. Then we don't feel yeah. alone, even though I'm a solitary, I really enjoy getting together with my witch friends. We talk about things that I wouldn't talk about with other people that I know from the gym, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a very different sort of connection that you can have there. And especially the world that we live in now when we have more opportunities to connect with people digitally that we did not have before. I know back in the nineties, it was a little difficult to um, have community. Um, and now I feel like I have so many options at my fingertips. Exactly. And, you know, I always say there's never been a better time to be a witch. I like that. <laughs> you think about it. There really has never been a better time. Metaphysical shops are popping up everywhere. They are. I love it. I love how many I have available near me. Obviously, I'm I'm in Chicago, so very accepting and open and shops for everything everywhere. So I have so many options and I do. I love that. I love that they're helping because I can't think of a single one when I was a kid. Oh, I, I don't either. Oh, even Target. Our Target has been getting books. <laughs> and yeah, crystals have, and sage. Yes. I have seen it at Target and um, Five Below. There's so many witchcraft books at Five Below. So $5 for a whole stack of books. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I call it the woo-woo section. <laughs> the woo-woo section. Yes. That's exactly what it is. You know, I, I am happy to see it because that just means that it is more accessible for more people. And it normalizes it too for other people who are in the store. Yes, they see that and they see it as a whole section in Target. They're like, oh, okay, this is a real thing. This is legitimate. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. So that makes my heart happy. I like seeing that. Makes my heart happy too. I agree. <laughs> well, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for being here and chatting about your book and sharing your expertise. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Well, thank you for having me as your guest. I really enjoyed this. And listeners, I will have everything linked. So if you are interested in checking out the book and getting some advice and hearing some stories from all of these other witches that you interviewed um, about coming out of the broom closet and that sort of journey, I know many of you are in that position. So this would be a great resource for you. And I will have everything linked at witchwednesdays.com as always in the show notes. And I will have Theodora linked as well. So you can check out everything that she has to offer, her website and everything. 
That's everything that I have for this week. I'll see you in the next one. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.